Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck, and I am joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are going to be talking about something that I think you will be able to add some pretty good insight about. Um, We're we're going to be talking about dealing with people who are dramatic. No. Yeah. Okay. Now wait, are you going drama on me already? (laughs) Okay. So, um, so we, we all have found people from time to time, maybe we work with them, maybe we live with them, maybe whatever, who have a tendency to just get a little overdramatic. They process things a little bit more emotionally. And so how do we work with these people? How do we make sure that we do not get affected by all of this dramatic behavior that's happening all the time? That's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we do that, um, as always, here at the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we're going to be talking about a fun family activity page. Can you think of something you loved to do in your childhood? What would be a fun family activity that we could talk about today? I know one of my favorite things to do was to take pretty much every single blanket we owned in the house and make a blanket fort out of all the furniture and the chairs and the tables and anything I could get my hands on. I was masterful at making the room a fort. <laughs> yes. Yes. B- building blanket forts is so much fun. And we would be getting all the like books even at off my the age, shelves. Even when you're married. I know. Like honestly, so I don't fun. know if you're ever too old for it. Nah. Except for when it hurts to sit on the floor. But yeah, <laughs> I I do think it's nicer when there's a little cushy spot underneath it, you know, mm-hmm. some pillows, a carpet, maybe, you know, something. But we did that a lot. And I remember you guys unloading the bookshelves with books and <laughs> sitting them on top of the blankets to hold them in place. Um, also, you can use clamps like they have these great they're like big clothes pins, you know, and you can use those to hold blankets to chairs or I used to use know, a lot of things. tape, like scotch tape. <laughs> I know, taping. I remember that. I'm like, we're taping our blanket. <laughs> anyway, because that's it has a- to be secure. It's a heavy thing to tape, but yeah, well, I mean, you guys did it with just absolutely everything. But there's just so much magic when you're in a fort. You can have you can have little lanterns, you know, those little kitty camping lanterns and you can have flashlights and you can have your little toys in there and you can have snacks, you can eat food in there, you know. <laughs> oh, there's just so many fun things and you can sit in there and read stories and play games and it just makes it more magical. It's like you're in a whole new place, even though you're still in the family room. It's true. Or your I, bedroom or wherever it is. I love it. I say... Parents, get out the blankets, or if you're going to use sheet, if you're going to use tape, I would recommend sheets. They're lighter, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just they're lighter. Yeah. Anyway, but you can get clamps, you can use books, you can whatever you need to do, but oh, make a blanket for it. Oh, <laughs> so much fun. I love that. All right. So here at the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we look through all the topics of discussion through the lens of self-government. So self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation 
and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. So what that means is that you examine yourself in order to solve your problems. You, you make yourself the, the focus of the problems that you're trying to solve so that you say, okay, this person's causing a problem for me. Am I ready? This person is making life difficult for other people. Can I help them? Am I ready to help them? Because am I, have I prepared myself? Um, or, you know, you think I've got this problem. You know, I keep making life hard for other people. What can I do to fix it? I mean, people make that's plans. The they one. move forward. Yeah. It, oh, that's a really hard one. People don't want to see that. People can see the other people around them and then sometimes be humble enough to go, okay, wait a minute. Do I have to fix anything about me too in order to be ready to fix this? But when you notice just a straight up problem with yourself, to fix that is really hard. And actually it requires humility and maturity. Oh, both and tons of it. Yeah. And patience, because you probably won't be perfect the first time you try. To fix and, it. Yep. It'll probably take a minute to fix it. Yeah. And so, and you know, what's interesting is sometimes other people are more patient with us than we even are with ourselves. And so, I that's mean, if something. you look at parents, like they're usually so patient with their children, especially when they're younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, especially when they're younger, but they should maintain it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but like people, it's, it's because they recognize that when they're younger, they don't really know yeah. better. So <laughs> yeah, of course. And you know, and all of us are a work in progress. And I think we need to remember that, you know, mm-hmm. every person's got to remember that. So if you're not where you're at patience wise yet, don't worry. You can continue to improve on that. You can keep working on yourself and getting yourself where you need to be. Um, for yourself, for your own happiness and, and for your relationships to improve. But it can take time and, and you've got to make sure you don't beat yourself up along the way, which also means we shouldn't beat other people up along the way. So we're going to be talking here about drama. And I think Love drama. That, and I think that, that there's merit in, in remembering, that each person is at a different place. And even if they're driving you crazy at the office or something, they may be uh, trying to work on some of it and you might not even know. That could happen. And so we do have to make sure that we keep a soft heart and an open heart and uh, that we don't jump immediately to judgments because that's hard. So Paige, I know that through, through the years, you've lived with lots of different people. Uh, you served a mission for our church. That puts you with lots of different people moving in and out of different places, moving to different cities and stuff. And, um, but also through college and stuff. And you're just barely not in that phase because now you're, you just have one roommate. That's it. Well, <laughs> one and a half, but yes. That's right. <laughs> Count the baby that's coming. One and a half. Um, but, but you got to hand select this roommate, little different than how it happened before. And so you're ready for the long haul because you and Joseph are, you know, have have a beautiful, uh, chemistry and, and stuff going on. But sometimes with, uh, other roommates in the past, it, 
probably there was probably some issues. Maybe some roommates didn't get along with each other. Maybe maybe you've seen friends and other people. What kinds of things have you seen as far as you know drama taking over? And maybe maybe don't go into tons of specifics, but just in general, what have you noticed as far as like the tendency that people have to be dramatic? Yeah. So, I mean, I was actually pretty blessed with really good roommates for most of my college experience. Um, But yeah, I've seen that a lot of people, um, first off, they struggle with communication and that's the biggest thing. They have a hard time communicating their feelings um, or um, the solutions they have or might want to have for their issues because a lot of times they don't even know themselves but um when you can't communicate and then you're in a more more of an, an emotional person anyway um things can get a little hairy so um you know i've had experience with people who they take things personally because they think someone has done something offensive where in reality um they just didn't communicate and things and people were judged um, because, you know, assumptions were made and then emotions were there and it just made a mess. And so I ended up being like a mediator for some of these people. Cause you know, they're usually between two friends of mine who were also friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm like, okay guys, let's just <laughs> sit down for a second. And let's stuck this out. Okay. <laughs> let's let's communicate and so I think that's really the biggest reason um, and something that um, I've been experiencing and hearing from a friend of mine um, she has a roommate who is really struggling with communication um, very passive aggressive mm. and which is a struggle that communication style is very hard to work with yeah, it is. Um, but it also happens when people are not mature either mm-hmm. so um maturity plays a big deal or plays a big role in communication so um and that's something that needs to be taught more frequently to children especially as they're growing up i know for me um even though you know even when i was more on the immature side of life uh, i still knew how to communicate my feelings you know, obviously it was, I was still practicing because I was growing up. We're always but, practicing. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Every, I don't think you're ever done practicing, you know, <laughs> I mean, <true. laughs> because you may think, oh, I've got this. And then all of a sudden you have one minute where you go, wait, was that me? What just happened? Yeah, like, hold on. You have to keep practicing. <laughs> no, yeah. that's true. In fact, I catch myself multiple times uh, within a week. I'm like, oh shoot. Uh, we got to rephrase that. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so there's lots of lots of problems presented when communication is not mature, when people themselves are not mature, and when other people around those people don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's really true. And the thing is, is that, that having some communication plans or skills and mm-hmm. having some understanding about yourself and others even if you're not perfect at it yet, which can take time, like we mentioned, um, can actually lead to that maturity that you're really looking for. So definitely communication, but communication is part of maturity. So they go Mm -hmm. together. I, I agree with that. Um, it's part of, it's part of being 
like aware of other people and being decent like even like for us like when we do these podcasts I usually text you I'm like hey mom I'm almost ready you know Mm -hmm. let's you know let's get on in so many minutes you know or hey I'm a little late but I'll be there in five minutes you know so Mm -hmm. like there's communication that happens yeah just like keeping the other person in mind yeah because you're respectful Mm -hmm. whereas I think a lot of that was missing um with some of the situations that I've heard of or dealt with in fact it was definitely missing that respect for other people was just not there people were being very selfish yeah so I've had multiple situations too that have been difficult I remember when I was in college uh, I had a set of roommates my first set of roommates that well, they were immature. I mean, let's be honest. They, <laughs> you know? they were awful from what you've told me. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> they, they were pretty bad. Um, and, and it kind of was a disease. So, you know, the one that was sharing the room with me that wasn't really that bad, all of a sudden, you know, kind of just got into the disease. And I was looking at all of it going, this is not right. These people are starting to just produce drama right and and they're unloading it on anybody who didn't want to play the game and so and I didn't want to play the drama game so then so then they unloaded a whole lot of it on me and I remember feeling like the best thing I can do is just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't know how to handle people that maybe they were raised in a way it was dramatic. Maybe, um, well, they're not grown up yet. Right. And just like, go, okay, well, they're really immature. And so, and even though I'm their same age, <laughs> apparently I am not going to have these same problems. So well, some people mentally get mature. like stuck in a certain part of their lives, whether it be high school or middle school, you know, emotion wise, which is yeah. hard because the I, th- I think they don't realize that there's anything else outside of that where they can actually be more free and be happier. But I think a oh, lot yeah. of people get attached to the drama, like people who gossip a lot. They mm-hmm. love drama. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that this is a, what, what you're saying is they get stuck in high school. Their problem solving abilities are stuck in what they had in high school or right. in junior high. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and they never have progressed past that point. So all they know is you either fight or you give in or, you, you know, or whatever it is, but you, they're stuck there and there hasn't mm-hmm. been anything that happened beyond that. No and there are, skills. yeah. And there are some people that develop new skills. There were skills I had to develop with my parents, you know, because we didn't get along that helped me to, and by the way, that it was, you know, mostly my fault that we didn't get along anyway, (laughs) I know, but I, I learned how to fix that and how to understand how to communicate to them and what responsibility I had in the communication and what responsibility I had for my own happiness. And so things changed for me. So that was a big one. Um, and I, I, when I was, had these types of roommates, I, I looked at the situation and I, I said, okay, what can I do? Can I, can I be meek and, and humble and kind despite the mistreatment? And so I worked on that and I worked on that. And then there was a point where another adult looked at me and said, you got to get out of there. That's not a good environment for you. And, and I, and I thought, you know what, that person just spoke the truth to me. 
And I think I've given them enough opportunity and sometimes you have to give out, get out, you know? And so, so then I said, well, I'm moving, you know, and I packed it up and I moved to a new place and it was great. Um, so sometimes, you know, if a person can't be controlled because that person has a very strong will or a strong sense of identity, or maybe they, you know, they have that type of personality that's not easily broken down, then some people will gang up on them. And I think that's kind of what Mm -hmm. happened to me because I wasn't playing the game. And so then they immediately felt maybe attacked, maybe even judged. And I can't say I didn't judge them. I can't say I didn't judge them because when you're 18 years old, (laughs) the chances are kind of high. Yeah, you could be judging another person. And so, you know, it's possible that I did. I don't remember every thought in my head way back then. But, um, but I'm going to assume that they, there might have been moments where I looked at them and thought a judgmental thought, and they probably felt it because guess what? People feel that they oh, yes. know, they know. Yeah, absolutely. So Anyways, let's talk about what to do about this. Um, I think I think there's multiple things and, and we're kind of touching around them right now. So so let's just kind of nail it. Number one is the connection. Um, and in order to have a connection to the person who happens to be annoying you, maybe frustrating you, making your life difficult, you have to have a disconnection from emotion. Which is hard. And that's actually something that I, I learned, I, in my mind, I referred to it as like a defense mechanism, where really, it's a skill. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, th- like, for me, it was being able to think ahead just a little bit into the future, like maybe I was going into a situation that I knew would be interesting. And just saying, okay, there's probably going to be emotions like this here. I have to choose not to care. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's the thing, choose not to care. It's not that you yeah. really don't care. You can it's care about the person, just don't care. Choose not, choose not to get involved or care right. about all the drama. So you have to say, okay, that's drama. What's going on right there? They're trying to, they're trying to get some point across. They're trying to get some attention. Maybe they're trying to get, like, it's nice if you can describe what's happening. That helps yeah. analyze the situation in the person. So nice. Yeah. So if you can say, okay, that person doesn't know how to express their different opinion. Yeah. So but they I have think a different the next, opinion. They don't know how. So next, that, that yeah. helps you understand and go, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take their emotions personally. I'm going to recognize they're trying to do something with those emotions instead, which means you don't allow yourself to emotionally connect in in a non-productive way which would then mean that you're going to power struggle that that's never going to work like it doesn't help it's not productive so the best thing that you can do is you can connect to the person in a loving way so i'm talking about somebody at the office you guys i worked at some places where there are some serious office politics (laughs) and some mean stuff that was done and said behind other co-workers backs and stuff like that And, and when that comes your way, you have to be able to go, okay, I'm going to value that person as a person. They have opinions, they have feelings, they have, I'm going to value all of that, but I am not going to get sucked into the office politics, the talk, the bad talking 
or I'm not going to get sucked into the power struggles with that person who's coming after me because who knows why, you know, or whatever. Instead, I'm going to try to think the best of the other people while steering it hopefully in a good direction if it's possible. And, and there is a point, honestly, when like with my roommates, there's a point when it's not possible to steer it in a better right, direction. When they're just anymore. not like like tried. mentally ready to accept anything that comes from you or anything like that. Like at all. There are some people that do not know how to accept criticism. They don't know how to accept no answers. They don't know how to be well, corrected by to. somebody. Yeah, exactly. Well, they've never had someone teach them that particular skill, why it's valuable, how it's going to help them. Instead, they view accepting any kind of criticism or correction from any person, whether it's a boss or a roommate or whoever, as an attack. That's how they view it because mm-hmm. they're looking through an emotional lens and they're, and they haven't been taught how to analyze their own thoughts, what's going on inside their own body and their own head. And, and that's really the thing is that, you know, we get, we have complete control over our thoughts, over our minds, over how we are going to feel. We don't have to just continually jump on every trigger that happens. Right. We can choose not to. And that's the whole essence of self-government in the end. Anyway. Yeah. When I think part of what you're saying about steering things, um, part of that happens by you have to actually choose to look for the person's strengths instead of their weaknesses that are making things difficult. Mm-hmm. And that can be really hard, especially if you really want to judge them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all you see is their weaknesses. Um, but looking, choosing to look for another person's strength, even if they do have a lot of weaknesses, it helps you to see the good in other people, even when all you see is the negative. Um, I know for me, I did that with a roommate of mine. I'm like, you know, she actually is really fun to be around. Um, you know, she is great at making friends and connecting with people on, you know, certain levels. And she really does have a sweet heart and she does contribute in this way and that way. So, and that actually helped to soften my heart towards her when she was being annoying. Mm -hmm. Well, and quite frankly, sometimes toxic. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she had a, she had, I know who you're talking about. She had toxic side. And, and so, and when a person is like that, it's really hard not to Mm -hmm. see that. And and there is a point where, you do have to maintain a decent distance from somebody who's right. going to be toxic, but yeah, you, you can don't see them every now have, and then. But. but you don't have to create a, a wedge within your own heart toward them. You don't have to, even if right. you have to keep a distance, or even if, um, you know, they're not a healthy person to hang out with all the time. Even yeah, if. and so like once once you're able to find those things. It's also a lot easier to um, do something else with helps that helps with connection, which is to give that person the benefit of the doubt, you know, looking at how they were raised or experiences that they have had in the past and saying, okay, so they're probably acting this way because, you know, situations like this that happened in their household. And it was, you know, maybe something that happened with, them in their earlier lives, something like that. And so I know with this person, there was quite a bit of that happening. 
Um, and she had had some experiences that had um, really been quite damaging emotionally. And so it was hard for her to comprehend those things and not take things emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so there were times, cause there were like, there were semesters where I shared a room with her and there were times when I'm like, Hey, you know, let's, let's talk about this. I know this is frustrating for you. And I've seen that you've gotten frustrated, you know, what's frustrating about this. And so I'd let her, I guess you could say rant for a minute, just so I could understand the situation. I'd, you know, obviously direct it, um, ask questions that would get me the information I needed to analyze the situation. Um, but then I would say, okay, so let's step back from it. Let me offer you my perspective to hopefully help you gain a better perspective on this situation. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes after we talked, she'd be like, oh, wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think about that. And so it was really nice for her. And I know for me to be able to analyze that situation for her because she hadn't learned that skill. She was caught up in the emotion, which was kind of blinding her logically. And for her to be able to see, oh, you know, maybe maybe this person that I am assuming is hurting me is not actually trying to hurt me. You know, maybe it's just an accident. Or- well, I think the thing is, is you did something key. And, and that was you, you actually decided to seek to understand her. And this is a Yeah, because I right? cared about her, you know, yeah. even though she was annoying at times. That. Yeah. I'm like, I still care about you. And I want to make sure that you have a leg up on what you need and you currently don't have that knowledge or that skill. So let me help you. Mm -hmm. But she felt that you sincerely cared. She felt that you wanted to help her instead of that. You were just like, okay, let's stop this, which was, which it might be where somebody else is coming from, but you Mm -hmm. decided to look at her as a person, treat her as a person and try to understand her, even though she had behaviors that were driving other people crazy. Right. And so anyway, you giving her that kindness, that love um, allowed her to open up to a new idea and to examine herself through your lens, instead of just through the lens of drama, her own lens. And instead of just judging me because I was trying to help her. Right. Which some people do, especially if it comes across wrong. So mm-hmm. um, that tells me that you were able to really show that you really did care, that you really did love her, even though it was difficult. Yeah. So yeah, really good things going on here. Now here's some skills. Okay. So when we're looking through the lens of self-government, we're talking about the relationship. We're talking about bonding and connecting to the person. We're talking about not taking things personally. We're talking about seeking to understand then to be understood, asking good questions like you're talking about. Um, but also, and, and by the way, not judging the person. So giving him the benefit of the doubt, but then also we have to accept the no answer. So before you could get to a place where you could talk to your roommate like that, you had to go, all right. So the way she's behaving right now is not something I have any control over. So because of that, I have to accept a no answer. I have to look at the situation, keep a calm face, voice, and body. I have to say, okay, or maybe I'll disagree appropriately about it. And then I have to drop the subject. So those are the steps to accepting no answer. And that's what I have to be able to do. 
And this is just one of the teaching self-government skills. So first you're going to say, okay, I'm dropping the subject. I'm not going to be spending my time getting emotional about this, but then maybe you continue. So sometimes that's all that's required. You know, in an office situation, everybody's working on their stuff throughout the day. You don't have time to have like little therapy sessions with people all the time, you know? And so you just go, okay, well, I'm just going to assume they had a bad minute and I'm going to drop the subject and not take it personal. And there we go. Right. And that's just accepting a no answer. Well, yeah. Cause sometimes, sometimes that, I would say sometimes that person comes back and says, Oh, I'm so sorry that I did that. You know, if they recognize that they did something that was disruptive. And so if they know that you're the type of person that forgives, even though if you're annoyed, you know, then they, they know that they can still have friends and I guess you could say allies, emotional allies in Mm -hmm. the workplace, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If that person knows that they're always judging them or like, oh my gosh, you know, are you a Karen, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, No offense to anyone named Karen, but um, you know, it's just, they choose not to come to those people, you know, when they come to grips with things, if they do. Yeah. Well, and probably some people, do not want them to come to them, to be it's honest. True. Okay. So <laughs> there's different personalities of people. Some people have more empathy and understanding than mm-hmm. others. Okay. I mean, this just can be how a person is wired, but so maybe you say, okay, I've dropped the subject, you know, multiple times here, but this keeps being a problem and it needs to be talked about. Well, then you're going to get to the, well, I think I need to disagree appropriately about this with the person, or I need to make a plan for a successful relationship going, going forward, if it's even possible. And I've got to determine that, right? So then I might pull the person aside and say, Hey, can we talk for a minute and say, you know, um, I, I really, when I, I look at where our relationship is, I would like to see it improve. Um, what would you like our relationship to be? And if they're like, I don't care about our relationship, da, 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 then you can be like, okay, this isn't going to go anywhere. So we're not going to be able to, you know, create a vision, but you could say, this is what I would hope for. I hope we can learn how to, to just work side by side, even if we mm-hmm. don't always see everything eye to eye, I would hope that we can just respect, respect each other, you know, and or this is what up, I, like, the workplace atmosphere being like, Hey, you know, I've noticed that things have been a little tense lately mm-hmm. and- um, that's not something that's not an environment that I would like to work in. And you know, I'm assuming that you don't prefer to work in a, a very, you know, tense workplace. And so I kind of just want to talk about this and see if we can get some things resolved. Yeah, well, and you can obviously take any responsibility for any feelings of tension you carried yourself, right? Because yeah. when somebody's throwing it out, it's hard not to engage sometimes. Dish it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> At least even just in your heart and then they can feel it and then they're still, they maintain the power struggle because it's, it's hard to drop that subject. It really is. Yeah. So sometimes you have to talk about where are we going in our, in our relationship, even if it's a, min, a mini office relationship mm-hmm. and you create a little mini vision if you can. And then you might be disagreeing appropriately with them about things. So you say, okay, what do we want? And then you say, okay, so I've noticed we have a tendency to kind of do this, but I'm kind of thinking we go in this direction. What do you think? And you, you make this little plan together if you can. Um, and then after that, if, if it maintains and the person can't get there, then you just probably have to do disagree appropriately, you know, from time to time. Sometimes when the person is really offensive, you work together, you can't get away, you know, you need to stand up for yourself. And when I, and maybe I shouldn't say offensive, but just 
completely inappropriate disruptive maybe yeah yeah they because because offensive could have a lot to do with, with what you choose to take offense by. It's true anyway because you can drop the subject a lot but there comes a point when a person goes i have to t- stand up for myself because this person is bullying me mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that we think bad about them still because we're going to stand up for our- ourselves does not be- mean that the other person is beyond help or teaching it just means there's a point where you draw a line there's a boundary that has to be made right um and so sometimes with love you know but firmness you have Which to is actually important. yeah we, you have to actually correct them and so um when you correct a person you're going to describe this is what's going on. This is why it's not okay. This is what needs to happen. Uh, we need to make a plan for our success. And if it doesn't happen, this is going to be how, you know, we're going to have to handle it going forward, you know, and, and you might have to bring in, you know, people who are above you, supervisors, other people from the outside, you know, and I mean, sometimes when you're, when you're living with somebody or you're working with somebody every single day, I mean, it's like you're living with them. You, you got to figure out something and hopefully there's someone who's higher up who can help if there's a big problem. But just that describing, like being ready to be firm, but be loving and describe the honest truth, making sure that you bring in your own fault in things should it exist and be there. Yeah, being honest about your involvement in whatever situation you're addressing is mm-hmm. great. Be like, you yeah. know, you know, I was part of this, but I'm seeing it's a problem now. And I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Right. Now that's the maturity right there that happens. So we can get sucked into the drama, but we don't have to stay in. And I think that's an important thing to recognize. And if we see other people around us that are dramatic, sometimes one of the biggest things you can do is just be the example of someone who's not dramatic. So they go, oh, you don't have to. Oh, look, that person has chosen to be happy and not get involved, you know? And and maybe you can just say, you know, like if, the, if you ever feel like there's an open moment in the person's heart, you can say, you know, when they're being dramatic or starting to go down that road, just say, just drop the subject. You know, you can just give a little bit of a tip and say, you know, I, I've just chosen to drop the subject on this um, because it's not worth it. Our relationship's more important, you know, try to give some perspective there. But if you always do it with love and kindness, then you're not power struggling. And if you truly, truly in your heart feel like that person has value, even if I can't be with them a lot, um, it does make a difference. It absolutely does make a difference. Well, thank you for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government podcast today to talk about drama and (laughs) some of the things that we might be dealing with sometimes in certain atmospheres with people who are dramatic If you want to find more out about the principles and skills of self-government, be sure to go to teachingselfgovernment.com. And there is a lot more there. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel, which is the Teaching Self-Government, Nicolene Peck YouTube channel. There's a lot of things there that you can find too. And we've got books and courses. There's no way that we can ever cover everything in one of these podcast episodes. So there's a lot more that you can find out about um, teachingselfgovernment.com. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.